All right. Well, let's go move along. Move it along. Get your shoes on. This is my time. Take your shoe and. <laughs> oh, we're in this new series that I'm really enjoying called Portraits, A Closer Look. And this morning we're going to look at First uh, Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So as I'm reading through this, right, I'm looking at this. If you really look at it, you're you're reading through this genealogy, right? You're reading through a genealogy, all all this genealogy, and then all of a sudden God stops and points out this man Jabez and his prayer. God says that that God says that that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And and you you ask, well, why would that be? And I kind of was thinking to myself, it it, part of the reason has to be that Jabez lived in the presence of God. Jabez was in the presence of God. Jabez walked with God and his prayer pretty much backs up that truth. His prayer reflects that truth. You know, when we live in the presence of God, when you and I choose to live in the presence of God, we become bold. Think about this. We become bold. That's a bold prayer. I, I, back up a little bit. I find it absolutely amazing how, you know, they're going through this genealogy and all of a sudden through this genealogy. And that's why when you're reading genealogies, you're going through the whole Bible, you say, I'm just going to skip all this. Don't skip it because many times right in between there's there's something like a nugget like this that kind of jumps out. This prayer of Jabez. And so you have this prayer and it is it is so dynamic. It is so amazing But what amazes me is that this prayer is bold. And the reason this prayer is so bold is that Jabez knows his God. And when you know your God, when you know God, you have high expectations of God. You're excited about the possibilities of what God can do. And then you're excited about what what God can do in and through your life. You know him. You know he's dynamic. You know he can do incredible things. You know he can do great things. And now you expect him to do great things through your life. See, people who live in his presence, people who walk with God, they stand out. They stand out. Oh, yep, this person, this person, this person. Then someone walks in the presence of God, someone who knows God, someone who walks with God on a consistent basis, someone who wants to be like Christ, and they live their lives to be like Christ. They stand out, and you know what I'm talking about. You can point out certain people in your life when you get into spiritual trouble, when you get into difficulties, when you have some emotional struggles in your life. Those are the people that you go to. Why? Because you know they're in the presence of God. You think about this world. In this world, so many people live through just basically giving excuses for everything. They make excuses for their own choices. They make excuses for other people's choices. We live in a life in a lot of ways of of excuses and people giving reasons why they can or they shouldn't or all these kinds of things. Some people are given so much, right? They start out with so much and they do so little with it. 
You know people like this. They are born into the right family. They're born into the right area. They can get the right job because they have the right connections and they have so much going for them. They start out with so much going for them and they, and they, they do so little with it. Others like Jabez do the opposite. Okay, it's the complete opposite. His mother named him Jabez, which basically says because I bore him in pain. So his name can mean pain, all right, that's, or he makes sorrowful. So pain or he makes sorrowful. Thanks, mom. Thanks for that. It's a great name. Great. So he doesn't start out with a powerful name. Like, you know, you look at the name David or Joshua, or, you know, you go through some of the names in the Bible and they, they have these deep meanings. There are powerful meanings. Jabez doesn't start out with a powerful name. As a matter of fact, in his culture, his name would be a deficit to him. So he started out with, in, he basically starts out in a deficit. So the question we have to ask ourselves, how many of us started out in a deficit? How many of us started out, maybe, if you will, in growing up in the wrong place, right? The wrong side of the tracks. Maybe your parents were a deficit to you. Maybe it was because you had a learning disability early on. And that was kind of a, it was harder for you and it was a bit of a deficit or, or that you had things happen to you when you were younger that, that, that really, that really affected you. And that was a bit of a, of a deficit. This guy though, Jabez wasn't going to allow his beginning to have an effect on his ending. It wasn't going to determine or dictate his ending. So he prays this prayer and he, and he gets God's attention. He really gets God's attention. His prayer is so dynamic. And, and here's the thing. It's not the words that we're really talking about here. God judges the heart. So his words are dynamic and his words are really amazing. But God wouldn't respond just because of the words. He's responding because something's going on inside of Jabez. Jabez wants something. And so Jabez, when he prays his prayer, you know it's with this intense passion that he prays his prayer. And he gets God's attention. And he's so dynamic, the Bible literally quotes it word for word. And then to top it all off, God grants his request. It says that God granted him what he asked for. So here's this guy, prays his prayer. He gets God's attention. God, in all this genealogy, pulls out Jabez, okay, lays it all out. And then it says, and God granted what he asked. Incredible, absolutely incredible. So here's what I want to do. I want to walk through this prayer and learn from this man who was able to get God's attention, to grab God's attention. All right, so we'll walk through it and how it applies to our lives. First, he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. So the first question is, because you can just go by this. What's a blessing? We think, oh, a blessing is this or a blessing. That guy's blessed or he's blessed or bless me. Or we throw it around. It's one of those terms we throw around in our Christian walk, but not don't always know exactly what it means. And I can't go through and explain every little detail, but there's two distinct ideas when you when when you're talking about when you present a blessing, when there's a blessing. There's two distinct ideas that are, that are present in a blessing. First, a blessing is a public declaration of a favored status with God. It's a public declaration that you have favored status with God. All right, so you have favored status. Now, what humans usually do, especially in America, because of our culture, is that we think, oh, he's blessed, she's blessed. He or she has more. If I'm blessed, I'm going to get more of something, more stuff. 
Right. So I'm going to be I'm going to have more money or I'm going to have more fame or I'm going to have more of what this world has to offer. You're going to get more of that. So you think I'm blessed. This person's being blessed. Look at all they have. Look at the size of their house. Look at their driving. Look at this. Look at this person's job. God blesses them. He doesn't bless me. Here's something interesting about blessings. Sometimes and you'll understand this when I give you the example and hopefully it'll stick in your head. Sometimes those who are most blessed go through the most suffering. Right. So we think I'm blessed. I'm going to get more and I'm not going to have any problems because God blesses me. He likes somehow he likes me more and doesn't like other people as much. So that's not the case. Sometimes you do get more if God if in the blessing he bestows upon you, you need more resources to fulfill what he's called you to do. Yes, you will be blessed more in that way. But sometimes the, the person who is most blessed who has the has more blessing on their lives goes through more suffering. I give you Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't need any other examples. Who was more blessed by God when he was on this earth? Okay, than Jesus. Jesus was blessed by God. Jesus suffered. Jesus had more blessing than anyone else. Jesus had more suffering than anyone else. So you got to get this out of your mind that I'm blessed and therefore I'm going to get more stuff. I'm going to get more of this, more of what the world has to offer. That's not always the case. Sometimes you don't need more stuff in order to fulfill the blessing that God has placed upon your life. Second, blessing brings the power for us to succeed in our call. God has called us to do something and that blessing brings the power to succeed in that call. Our blessing guides us and motivates us to pursue a course of life within that blessing. So it guides us and it motivates us to pursue a course of life that is within that blessing. So God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you in a certain way. He wants you to use those things to fulfill what he's called you to do. In other words, Find out where God is, where God is blessing and then pursue that course for your life. Find out where God is blessing and pursue that course for your life. God loves to bless his his people. It is in God's nature to bless his people. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, it says this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing and you shall be a blessing. That is so important. Okay, that is so, so important. A blessing when God blesses you, it is not just for you. When God blesses you with whatever he blesses you, however he blesses you, it is not just for you. It is for you to then bless other people, to bless the people around you. So when you receive a blessing, when God blesses you, your first response is be, how do I use this? How do I use what God has given me to impact the lives of people around me? If God blesses you with resources, time, talents, treasures, those resources should be used to impact the lives of other people, to bless other, the, the other people around you. So that's what we have to think. We have to think through, think through this whole idea of blessing. God gives me a blessing and I use this blessing, okay, to impact the lives of the people around me to do what he's called me to do. And within what he's called me to do, I use that to impact the lives of other people. Jabez prays 
for God's best in his life. He says, bless me indeed. Okay, to put it in our in our vocabulary, you know, God, just bless me a ton. I mean, just just bless me. I I want your blessing. I want it to be uh, I want it to be so much more. Just rain. God, rain down your blessings on me. I'm going to stand here. I want to be an open vessel. I want you to pour into me and I want this cup to overflow. I want this vessel to overflow. I want it, Lord. I want it all. Bless me indeed. Everything's emphatic. Everything is like exclamation point. He doesn't just use words, well, you know, oh God, I pray you would bless me and bless him and bless them and bless her. And he's like, no, bless me indeed. Rain it down, Lord. I'm going to open up. I want it to overflow. I want it to overflow out of me and onto other people. Give me, give me it all spiritually. This is not greedy talk here. This is like, God, you designed me a certain way. I want to fulfill, I want to fulfill everything that you've designed me to do. And then he says, enlarge my territory. He says, basically, in New Testament language, he says, I want you to do immeasurably more than all I could ever ask or imagine. Enlarge my territory, Lord. Enlarge my territory. Give me, give me more of this. Here's the thing. Think about this. Didn't you ever want to do more than you thought you were capable of doing? Didn't you ever want to be more than you thought you were capable of being? That's what we're talking about here. See, if, if you work within your blessing, you can. You, you can become more of what you, 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 can, you can do more than you thought you were capable of doing. You can be more than you thought you were capable of being if you work within the blessing of God. Here's a couple of things that you can think about. Find out where God is blessing, okay, where, where things are happening, and then take your blessing, take your gift, and engage in that area. Bring to bear what God has given you where you see God moving. What you can also do, if God has called you to a specific vision in your life or some dream that you have, and you truly know it's from God, and He's blessed you to do that, then what you want to do is you want to engage other people who have blessing in their lives so they can bring that to bear with what, with what you're doing. Bring those people around you. Sometimes people will say, well, uh, you know, God, I have this vision, and God told, I felt like God to- spoke to me and told me to do this, and, but it's never been fulfilled. And part of the reason, this is not the whole reason, Part of the reason sometimes it doesn't it doesn't come true in your life is because you think somehow God told you and you have to do it all. You're the one trying to drive it forward. Just a thought. God may give you a vision. God may give you a dream, but there may be someone else. And this is very difficult for for us as people to 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 admit there may be the person over here who's better than you are. Okay at driving that vision and dream forward. And sometimes you want to still be a part of that. You still want to bring what you have to bear on it. But that other person has more, they have more giftedness in some area to drive that forward. Sometimes, you know, if you're going to, if God calls you to do something, you want to surround yourself. I joke all the time and I I say in different areas of my life, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, right? What do I have to do? Anybody? I surround my, what? Surround myself with the smartest guys in the room or the smartest women in the room, right? That's okay. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. What I want to do is make sure I surround myself with the smartest people, with the most gifted people, with the most blessed people, with the most anointed people in the room. 
and then we will succeed together. We will be a part of God's plan and we will succeed together. And that's what Jabez is doing, doing here. That's how Jabez wants to live his life. He wants to live it outside of his own ability. He knows what he in himself is capable of doing. And he's saying, this is not enough. I want to live outside of my own ability. See, that's, that, that is exactly what happens when we live an anointed life. And I'm going to get it. I'll explain anointed in a couple of minutes. But that's exactly what happens when we begin to live a blessed and anointed life. When you live a blessed life and you live in an, an anointed life, you, you are like desperate for God to use you. There's a, there's an, Jen was up here and she's just so enthusiastic and so excited that she actually is at full voice again. Because that's how she is anointed. She is, she lives, she is anointed. And when she can't use that, it's very, very difficult. And so she's up here this morning. She could hardly, she was after first service, she could hardly contain herself. Hug me again. Hug me again. Hug me. We're squeezing each other. Because she's so excited just to be back where she wants to be, using the gift that God has given her. Jabez is saying, okay, I want to live a blessed, anointed life. I want God. God, you need to use me. I need you to use me. He's saying, I no longer. Here's the reality. Okay, we have our Bible. And we've been going through. We went through Joseph. And we went through Moses and Caleb and Joshua. And then we went through Daniel. And we went through Shad. We talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they went in the fire and furnace. And Daniel went to the lion's den. And Joseph did this. And Moses did that. And they did that. And the New Testament. And we talk about all these things. And here's what Jabez is saying. Here's what we should be saying. When we're anointed, when we are blessed by God, here's the attitude. Lord, I don't want to just read about it. I want to live it out. I mean, give me a chance to walk across the water. Give me a chance to pass through the sea. I want to face the giants. I want to go and I want to walk in the fiery furnace. I want to live my life, God, without limitations. That's what Jabez is hearing, saying here. I want to live my life without limitations. See, we need to take the limitations off of Jesus Christ and allow him to work freely in our lives. And for some reason, those of us who have been called of God, who asked Jesus Christ, Christ to come into our lives and be Lord and Savior, we somehow want to put these limitations on God. And Jabez would say, no, no, unleash Jesus in your life. Unleash him in your life. We need to say, God, I no longer want to limit how you choose to work through me. God owns me. Jeff, he owns me. He owns me. I was bought with a price. Jesus paid a price for me. He owns me. I serve him. And what I'm saying is that each one of us need to recognize that as followers of Jesus Christ and say to God, God, I want to take all limits off of any way that you want, any way that you choose to use me. I want to allow you to use me. See, we need to stop limiting the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit of God who is active in our lives and we limit him. The Hebrew word for enlarge, that used the word enlarge my territory, enlarge. It also means to increase, right? To bring abundance, to multiply, to to extend the dimensions, to, to make greater. That's what it means, 
push out, go. And when he talks about enlarging my territory, it means to push the bounds, to, to push the limits. It means to, to push the borders. We're in this and we're, and we're doing what God is calling us to do. And, and we're saying, you know, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. God, push beyond where I am right now. Push me beyond where I am right now. Challenge me beyond what, I, what I'm doing right now. Use me beyond what, how the way you're using me now. Use me, God. That's what he's saying. I want extend my boundaries, enlarge my boundaries. See, people who live in the presence of God, people who truly live in the presence of God, religion is not good enough. They're, 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 They're not satisfied with religion. They're not satisfied with a dried up faith. They're not satisfied with a, with a, a mediocre spiritual life. They're not, they're not satisfied with, with, a, with a, a life of spiritual ease. You know, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church and I leave here and, and then I come back in church and I do my spiritual thing. And, you know, it's just, it's spiritual ease. Once in a while, bad things happen to me. I pray about it. That's not what Jabez is talking about here. Religion is not enough for him. It's, it's just not enough for him. A, a, a weak, dry faith is not enough for him. Spirit, living in spiritual mediocrity, is, would, he'd just rather pull his head off his, his body. He just, he, he's saying, I can't live this way. They, see, they, what, here's the thing. People who live in the presence of God, they want, they want more of God's plan. They want more of God's blessing. They want more of God's anointing. They want more of all these things in their lives. They want more of his blessing. They want more of his anointing. They want more of his plan. And anything standing in their way needs to be moved. It needs to get out of the way. I want more. Anything standing in my way from receiving what God has for my life needs to be crushed. In Joshua chapter 17, verses 14 through 18, it says this, Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua. So the children of Joseph speak to Joshua, saying this, Why have you given us only one lot and one share of the inheritance, since we are a great people inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? Look at our history. Look what we've accomplished in the past. So Joshua answered them, if you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a space for yourself there in the land of the Prezites and the giants. See, the giants live there. Since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, the mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who dwell on the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are of Beth Sheen and its town and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim to Man- and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and you have great power. You shall not have only one lot. But the, mount, but the mountain country shall be yours. Where is the mountain country? Up there is where those giants live and those people with these tough chariots. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down. And its farthest extent shall be yours. As far as your eye can see, take it. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. They're in our way. You've given us one lot. We want more. Well, then take the go up and go. We want more. We want more. 
there's giants in them, they're healed. It doesn't matter. They're, you're just, you're missing the point. They're in our way. They're in our way. Give us, allow us to take you expand our territory. Allow us, just give us the privilege of taking on the giants, taking on the demons, taking on the world, taking on whatever stands in my way of accomplishing everything that God has designed and created me to be. That's what they're saying. We need to have the courage to ask God for his blessing in our lives. We need to ask him to increase our territory, increase our territory. And, and, and then we need to drive out. Once he starts opening up that door, we need to drive out any fears that stand in our way of fulfilling that. Because honestly, it's sometimes not what's out there. It's what's in here. And when God says, okay, you asked for it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to enlarge your territory. All of a sudden, you need to go inside your own heart and say, you know what, I need to, get, I need to, I need to go after these fears and these anxieties and, these, and all the things that are holding me back with all the strength that I have because God is saying, it's yours. Go cut down the forest. As far as your eye can see, you can have it, but you've got to take it. And you've got to take it internally. You've got to fight the fear that's inside of you. And you've got you to take on whatever giant or lion or demon or ever is in your way. And you've got to realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and move forward. Because here's the deal. We have gone from bondage to the promised land. But now we're, say we're in the promised land. What happens that we're in the promised land? We're in the promised land? Now, God, I've made it here. I'm in your presence. Now expand my spiritual understanding. Now expand where I am in my walk with you. Now help me become more like Jesus Christ. And anything that stands in my way, I need to crush it. I'm not, I, you are not finished. You are not finished with, God is not finished with you until you stop breathing. He is not finished with you until you stop breathing. See, we need to leave our comfort zone. We, we, need, to, we need to be willing to enter into the, this, this, into the new, dynamic, abundant life that God has designed us to live. And there should be nothing, nothing that stands in our way of accomplishing all that God has designed us to do and to be. Next, he says that your hand would be with me, that your hand would be with me. People throw out this word, and that's what I was saying, anointed a lot. That person's anointed. Oh, he's anointed. She's anointed. I said that Jen was anointed. And so people throw it out, but they actually don't really know what exactly what it means. And again, I can't get into all the detail, but let me give you the simplest explanation that pretty much will, will make it clear for you. God has given you a gift or gifts, okay, in your life. could be a very gifted person. You also have the Holy Spirit in your life. An anointing is when God's gifts that he's given you combine with the Holy Spirit of God when they become one. Being gifted, okay, is not being anointed, being anointed comes when the Holy Spirit of God is combined with the gifts that God has given you. That's what it means to be anointed. That's what it means. Here's the problem with that for, for many of us who've experienced these things in the past. Some of the most dangerous people you're ever going to meet in your entire life are people who are in the church who are gifted. Okay, they figured out their gifts. They're a phenomenal speaker. They're a phenomenal teacher. They're a phenomenal. They can they can do this. They have all kinds of gifts. And they're just boy, they know the word of God, whatever the case may be. They're just gifted in whatever they do. They're sometimes some of the most dangerous people you'll ever run up against. People say people tell me I was spiritually abused. 
Okay, and what they mean by that is someone who had power within the church, not physically abused them, but well, maybe so, maybe so. But someone spiritually abused that person with the power that they had within the church. That happens when a gifted person does not combine their gifts with the Holy Spirit and is anointed. There's where you come up with spiritual abuse. Rick Warren told me he cannot stand hanging out with mega church pastors. He's in one of the largest churches in the world. And he said, I really can't stand hanging out with mega church pastors. You know why? Because basically what, his, what he was saying is they're the most, some of the most arrogant, prideful people you're ever going to meet in your entire life. They're extremely gifted sometimes, but not anointed. That's why he said, I like, to, I like to spend more time with people who are planning a church or people who are just working with the Lord. And he, there's the, that, that's the point. There's, there's nothing, here's the deal. There's nothing more powerful on this earth than a person who is blessed and anointed. There is nothing, okay, more powerful on this earth than a person who has been blessed by God and anointed by God and is doing what God has called them to do. When the hand of God, he said, God, put your hand on me. When the hand of God is on you, heaven, heaven rumbles with excitement and hell quakes with fear. Why? Because there's nothing more powerful on this earth than a person who is blessed by God and anointed by God and called by God. And that person has figured out, here's what God has called me to do. I take my anointing. I'm blessed by God. And they use that. There's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than that. You say, oh, the demons. Mm-mm. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You have, the, you have Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ living in you. Did you know that God in all of his glory and all of his power wants to put his hands on you, wants to lay his hands on you? What I found interesting when I was studying this passage is that, that as I studied through this, is that the Hebrew word here refers to an open hand. It refers to God's open hand. God is there with his hands open, helping you. He wants to guide you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you, uh, he wants to give you encouragement. He wants to give you everything you need to drive you forward. His hands are open saying, what do you need? You, you want to move forward? What do you need to take down the trees? What do you need to overcome the demons? What do you need to overcome the world? His oh, hands are open and he's given you encouragement. He's given you his strength. He's giving you whatever you need to do whatever he's called you to do. I love that. I love that. He's like, Father, I need this. I need this sword. I need this. I need I, whatever you need to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. He will give you. And sometimes, sometimes it's not, it's not charging up a mountain and, and, and you know, ending world hunger. Sometimes it's, it's doing something that no one else is ever going to hear about. It's investing in the lives of people that no one else cares about. And it's so difficult because it, sometimes it's you taking care of a loved one who's sick, who's really sick and can no longer take care of themselves. And you're, you feel all by yourself. You feel completely alone in that situation. And it's not like it's not on the news and no one's writing books about you, whatever else. But you've gone through and, you, and God is saying, I'm blessing you. I'll bless you. What do you need? 
You need strength today? I'll give you strength. You need encouragement? I'll give you encouragement. Just come into my presence. Let's spend time together. That's what... It doesn't always have to be something dynamic and I, you know, wow, they wrote about you and you're on, you're on Fox News, whatever. It's you in the quietness of your own home doing the thing that you know you need to do and no one else wants to do it. But you do. And God is saying, I'm, I will bless you. I will open up my hands and give you whatever you need. It means that God has the power the resources, and the ability to direct our lives. That's exactly what it means. God has the power. God has the resources. God has the ability to give Jeff Greer everything he needs to accomplish what he's been called to do. For, for some reason, Christians often choose to live a powerless life. And, I, and, and I, I have a hard time understanding that. We have the power of the risen Christ in us. We have the power of the risen Christ in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit who, is, who lives in us. But instead of living an abundant life, instead of living all that we just described, we choose to live a, in weakness. We choose to live a powerless life. We've got to ask ourselves why. Do we really believe what we say we believe? That Jesus Christ died for our sins. And once that happened, the old is gone, the new has come. And that God created us for a specific purpose. And in that purpose, God will bless us and God will anoint us and God will use us. And God will open up his hands and God will pour out those blessings onto us. But we choose to live in weakness. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive you, 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 and you, and you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need to pray for the hand of God to be with us. And then we need to move forward without fear. We need to pray that the hand of God is going to be on us. And then we need to move forward without fear and in power. And then Jabez says this. He says, you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. In order to live out God's blessing, we need to keep ourselves from sin. Honestly, you want to you want to live in the presence of God. Do you want to walk with God? Do you want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? Do you want God's blessing and anointing on your life? You need to try to the best of your ability to keep yourself from sin and evil. Sin doesn't always just affect you. It affects everyone around you. Blessing is when God blesses you, you receive that blessing, right? And then you use that blessing to impact the lives of others. Sin does the opposite. Sin infects our lives and then infects all those around us. You know, sometimes our lives start out with a few strikes against us. We said that in the beginning. Against us because of the choices of other people, right? It's not always, you're a little kid. You, you're not running, you're a sinner when you're a little kid, but you know what I'm saying. Sometimes it's the choices of other people, the people around us that cause difficulties in our lives. Sometimes we are scarred before we even get out of the starting gate. Like we don't even get a chance to really think through what God wants to do with our lives. And some other person in our lives somehow scars us. And my experience is when that happens, 
When that happens, people usually give up. People usually fail. It just frustrates the living daylights out of me. But they go through something where they're scarred early on. And as they go through it, they just add to bad choices or whatever the case may be. And, and they end up failing. They see, here's the thing. They see themselves as victims. They see themselves as worthless. They see themselves as somehow damaged. And they can't seem to overcome that. What we're talking about, this, this is exactly what we're talking about this morning. Jabez, Jabez started out his life, think about this. He started out his life in, in, not such a, in not such a hot way, if you will. But he said, I will not allow the sin of others to dictate the direction and destiny of my life. I will not allow someone else to dictate the destiny of my life. I will not allow the label that someone else has placed on me early on in my life to dictate my future. Jabez basically has grown up, if you will, with a name, like I said, that meant pain or he makes sorrowful. But instead of allowing that label to, 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 to dominate his life, he allows his father to have the last word, not his mother, his heavenly father. He allows his heavenly father to have the last word in his life. No one has the last word in my life except for my father in heaven. No one. My mother, my father, my, my family, all the rest of my family, no one will have the last word. And my family, to tell you the truth, is my, my family around me now is fantastic. So they encourage me in all this. But for some of you, it's not. And you should not allow anyone else but your heavenly father to have the last word in your life. Sometimes the sin, the sin of others spills out into our lives. And whether it's the sin of our mother or the sin of our father or the sin of our, of our other relatives or the sin of our friends or the sin of strangers, somehow, sometimes that spills out into our lives. Someone along the way tries to label you. They have done something to you. And whether they try to label you with their words or whether they try to label you with their actions, when that happens, you need to push back and you need to push back hard. When someone tries to label you, oh, you know, so-and-so, they're, they're, that's just the way they are. They're, you know, they'll always, they always, or they'll never amount to, or they'll whatever else. When someone tries to label you with their words or their actions, you need to push back, and you need to push back hard. When his mom named him pain or causes sorrow, he says, mom named him pain or causes sorrow. And I find this fascinating. But then he prays that he prays to God that I would not cause pain. See, this is my opinion. I see that as a prayer of defiance. I do. I see it as a prayer of defiance. You can't label me. No one is going to label me. You say, why? Why can't they label you? Because I am an adopted son. I am an adopted son. The Spirit of God lives in me. So when you say, oh, that Jeff guy, he he has a bad temper. No, I don't. That was years ago. Oh, he's very impatient. He's he jumps to conclusion. He, you know, ready, ready, fire, aim. That's Jeff Greer. No, it's not. No. It, when it when it's to my advantage, it is. When it's not to my advantage, it's not. Well, that person that you know, she's always no. They're not. 
That was long, it was a while ago. You know why? Because when the Holy Spirit of God lives in you, you're always changing. The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone, the new has come. And over and over and over again, God determines my path. God determines my destiny. I make choices based upon the Word of God and the Spirit's leading, and God dictates my future and nothing else. Didn't, didn't anyone ever tell you who I am? Did anyone not ever tell you who I am? I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a person belonging to God. I belong to God. That's, that's who I am. I belong to God. You know who I am? You know who I am? You know who you are if you know Christ? You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am not the name someone has given to me. I don't care what it is, whether it's action or by word. I am not the name pain, a loser. Stupid, worthless, not capable, never amount to anything, a mistake. How many people, I know people who were told they were a mistake. I am not the name that someone else gave me. I am not. I am a child of God. I am, we sing that song, I am a child of God. I am his and he is mine. I'm a child, that's who I am. I am who God says I am. I am not who anyone else says that I am. I am not limited by the sins of others, but I am limitless to the cross of Jesus Christ. And here it is. I, this is the way I think about it. When I asked Christ to come into my life, his blood covered me from my sin. But it doesn't only cover me from my sin. His blood flows through my veins. His blood flows, flows through my veins. Let me tell you something. Here, here's, here, here's what happens here. His mother named him pain and his father called him blessed. His mother called him pain, named him pain, and his father called him blessed. Three things that will dominate your life. Three things dominate your life. Your genetics. You're just like your mother. You're just like your father. And sometimes they said it, and, and they said it to be mean. You're just like your father. You're just like the, You're just like your uncle. Your uncle is just like. You're just like. Genetics. They'll, 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 so yes, genetics play a dominant role in your life in a lot of ways, right? I've said this to you before. Some of you heard me say this before. I'm going to keep saying it. Genetics play a huge role in your life. Environment plays a huge role. You grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You had the wrong, your parents weren't the kind of parents that really gave you the skills that you needed to really succeed. You had an environment that was abusive. You have all these things going on. You have all that stuff going on. But let me explain something to you, okay? Genetics and environment do not dictate my destiny. They don't dictate my destiny. The Holy Spirit dictates my destiny. The Holy Spirit overcomes genetics and environment. There's three things, genetics, environment, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dominates the other two because I have the blood of Christ flowing through my veins. I am, the, I am designed because I accepted Christ to be conformed in the image of Jesus Christ, not to anywhere else in my lineage, if you will. I have a tendency to be an alcoholic. I have a tendency to be a drug addict. I have a tendency to be this. I have a tendency to be angry. Yeah, you do. You know what? But the old has gone. The new has come. And I'm going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not conformed to my genetics or my environment. I want you to think about it. Why did Jabez's name stand out among this endless line of genealogies? He wasn't a great prophet. He wasn't a powerful king. He wasn't the wisest man who ever lived. The guy never took on any giants. He didn't jump into a lion's den. He didn't go into a fiery furnace. He didn't do any of those things. He wasn't born into wealth. He's remembered because of his prayer. 
He's remembered because of his prayer, because he looked at his life and said, not that I don't like who I am, but I know I was designed for so much more. And he grabbed, he prayed this prayer and he grabbed God's attention, not because of who he was, but because he looked at his life and he knew that he could be more. He looked at, he walked into the presence of God. He knew he was a follower of God and then he knew he could do more. Instead of submitting to the burden of life's limitations, he asked God to give him abundance more than ever than than he could ever ask or imagine. He asked him to give him an abundance that only God could give. He wanted to awaken the eternal power that was dormant in his life. He knew there was more. We all know this. We all are limited by our humanness. But then Jabez, he understood something. He understood that God designed me before the foundation of the world, that God has a specific purpose and plan for my life. And he's saying, I want to soak in every single part of it. I want to expand my territory until God, you say my territory is finished when I take my last breath. I want you to bless me. I want your hands on me. I want you to expand my territory. I want you to keep me from evil. I want to be a kind of blessing where I'm not a pain to other people. I want to overcome my limitations. I know, I know you've designed me. I know you have your hand on me. So I want to experience every bit of what you have called me and designed me to do. He was determined to redefine himself and claim his birthright. His birthright. Your birthright is that you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a person belonging to God. You're a child of God and God designed you. And no matter what has happened to you along the way, if you are a strong person and you think I've accomplished so much, then you are a weak person because you have not accomplished what God truly has for you to accomplish in your life. If you're sitting here listening to me and breathing, go further, push further, ask for more, do more, expect more, be more, ask to walk across the water, ask to pass through the sea, ask for more giants, be like Caleb, Lord, I'm an old man, but I'm just as strong today as the day Moses sent me out, give me that hill country up there where the giants live, we need, if we're old, we need to live our lives, my father is in, in Roanoke, Virginia right now, and he's dying, he has about a couple weeks to live. And in a miraculous way, miraculous way, for about two hours, he came back. He has dementia. He he had a stroke. And it was the worst week of my life last week, pretty much. But even in the worst week of your life, God can do miraculous things to help you become a, a stronger person, help you become more like Jesus Christ. And I'll share different stories as time goes on in this past week. But one of the things that happened was God miraculously brought him back where I could, we could have a conversation, a real, like, like we're having now. He was, he was awake. He was alive. He was, his brain functioned well for a couple hours. And one of the things, one of the conversations I had was I said to him, because I know his personality, because I have his personality in a lot of ways. Not all of it, but I, genetically we're, we're similar. And my dad wants a purpose. My dad was two weeks ago out digging ditches around his apartment building. Digging, he's 81 years old and he's walking across riprap and digging ditches. He needs to do, he needs a job, he needs a fight, he needs a battle. And I said to him, Dad, I know you're confined to this bed right now, but you have a purpose, you have to understand. God has you right where he wants you. 
So for as long as he has you here, you need to enter into the presence of God. You need to allow him to speak to you like he's never spoken to you before. You need to learn things from him. Over the, As long as you have breath, you need to learn things from him that you've never learned before. You need to draw closer to him like you've never drawn before. You need to be in his presence. And I gave him, I gave him kind of marching orders of what he needs to do for the rest of his life. My brother grabbed my hand when my, when he, when my dad was listening. He said, I'm so glad you said that. Dad needs a purpose. He needs a battle to fight. He needs a reason for when he comes around. My friends, until our last breath, God has a purpose for our lives. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, God can continually use us. And see, we need to reclaim that birthright. We need to pray this prayer that Jabez has prayed. I want you to bow your heads with me as we close. Bow your heads. We need to pray this. Every single one of us in our heart of hearts needs to pray this prayer. You need to say, God bless me. Don't just say it in your own heart. Say it in your mind. Say, God bless me. Make me a blessing to others. Bless me and use, let me use the blessings that I have. Let me use the anointing that I have to bless the lives of other people. Let me completely fulfill what you've called me to do. God, extend my territory. Extend the boundaries of my territory. Let me never settle for what I have, but always looking beyond what I can do for you. God, may your hand be upon me. May your hands be on me and may your open hands just give me what I need, the strength and the encouragement and the drive that I need to get through the challenges I'm facing even in this day. And Lord God, keep me from evil. Let me not cause pain. Let me not pass on the sins and the flaws and the weaknesses and the habits and the hang-ups of my family, of my past, but instead create a new, a new environment for my children. Let me be the starting place that I would pass on your strength and your encouragement and your word and your truth and your spirit and your, your dynamic life-giving ability. Let me pass that on to my children. God, we, we love you and we praise you and we thank you this morning for what you're doing in our lives and we want more. We want more. We want everything that you want to give us. We want to accomplish everything you've designed us and created us to do and be. We want it all. We are open vessels. Pour into us until we're overflowing. And may we use that blessing to bless those around us and to glorify the name of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.